difficulties on the first time around here because apparently zoom's gone cheap on us and they need us to pay for everything um so we are re-recording um this first part anyway and then um we'll see where we are we do have we're going to focus on nba here because the playoffs are active right now. We don't want to far, fall further behind than we already have. Um, so uh, we'll see where we are once we get done with NBA. Um, and um, see about like NFL and stuff like that. But right now all that stuff's pretty um, inactive as far as um, – priority of needing to get caught up on it um and so we'll see where we are uh and then i would guess since we have all of the nba playoffs that this will probably just be an nba episode um but we'll see where we are once we get through all the nba stuff um it is currently we're watching game four of Miami Celtics Eastern Conference Finals. But we're going to start clear back at the beginning um, in the first round. So first series we're going to talk about kind of for the second time here (laughs) is the Jazz and the Mavericks. Um, The key story here, so Luka Doncic got hurt in the last regular season game. He's had a calf strain. And so then it was how much of this series is he going to miss? He ended up missing the first three games. Um, so if you'd asked me fully healthy, I would have said Mavs win the series. Um, once Luka was out, um, and especially out for three games, um, I probably would have said – if you would have told me DeLuca's going to miss the first three games, I'd have said the Jazz probably win the series. Um, but what happened is that Jalen Brunson had a two or three game stretch of his career, um, and the Mavs ended up being up 2 1 after three games without Luca, um, which no one really saw coming. And then um, Luca came back and they ended up winning the series 4 2. Um, and so I think the the biggest thing out of this series, because I think if if the Mavericks were fully healthy, I think most people had the Mavericks. Um, at least I did. I don't know. But the, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, this kind of building the team around them in Utah, the team's always been really good, especially the past few years in the regular season. Um, and then they kind of fizzle out in the playoffs or they get eliminated in the playoffs, can't compete um, with – uh, some of the other teams. And so um, 
coming off a series where they lost the Mavs where half the series they Mavs didn't have Luka Doncic, who's essentially the only real star player there. Um, there's some questions as to whether or not, you know, is this should the Jazz, you know, make changes or make major changes um, as far as, you know, should they trade John, Donovan Mitchell? Should they move off of, you know, whoever? Um, and so um, I guess what did you what did you see in this series from the Jazz standpoint then? Uh, basically, from what I when I was a few games that I watched, it was basically the Jazz weren't dynamic enough offensively, uh, you know. And, you know, give all the credit to the Mavs, you know, they're. They could hit threes like it was nobody, nobody's business in a lot of those games. Um, I forget what's his name. Uh, I don't know. Uh <laughs> I, I can't remember the guy's name. The guy came off the bench and had like, you know, five or six threes in a single game. But it just seemed like, you know, whenever they these guys needed a bucket or anything, they just weren't able to get it. Like Donovan Mitchell played, you know, did what he could, but it just feels like they're not dynamic enough offensively to keep up with these teams that have really centered themselves around a dynamic offense. Um. Yeah, and so uh, there is a a thing, you know, it's like, should they move off Donovan Mitchell? I know Utah is hosting the All-Star game this next season, and so it's kind of like they don't really want to um, trade away Donovan Mitchell before they host the All-Star game because, um, you know, hosting hosting the All-Star weekend is such a big deal for the city. Um, wherever it is, and um, having an all-star on your team, especially when you're hosting, is just even more of a bigger deal. So trading away Donovan Mitchell before you host the all-star game and have Donovan Mitchell, who could potentially be an all-star next season, um, is not as appealing. Um but I do. I think it's time for Utah to. I would almost say just to do him a favor, because I think clearly we've seen like this is the ceiling. Like I think they've gone as high as they can go, and um, Donovan Mitchell is a great player, and um, you know Utah is not the not the prime market <laughs> for star players um especially you know even when it just comes to like national coverage and stuff it's like utah no one wants to cover utah and so um i thought it was going to happen a few years ago i forget what the season was It might have been when Jimmy Butler had just gone to Miami. Well, I remember there were rumors of trading Donovan Mitchell, and it would be him and Butler and Bam down in Miami. And I remember being really excited for that as a Heat fan, and then it didn't happen. Um, but I think I think there's some 
very interesting spots that Donovan Mitchell could land where he would be on a contender. He would get more recognition, more coverage. Um, and I think, and I think, like I said, Utah, I think is just, they've hit the ceiling. They know how high it goes. Um, and it's maybe time to try something else. I, I guess, I don't know. It depends. I, the rumors are that Donovan Mitchell wants out. Um, I don't know if those are true. Um, if he wants to stay, I, you know, it's hard to replace. I mean, it's not like you trade away a star player and then you just get another one. Um, but I don't know. I would like, I would like, as a fan, I would like to see him somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I think it's really hard. Utah's in a very tough position because it's like Indiana, like in terms of the Pacers. They're not a great market area. However, like I would put them above the Utah. Most because like Salt Lake City is a big city. However, it's not a sports town. Like Yeah. I mean that is that the only team that they have? I, I think so. I, I think they have decent college teams there. Um but outside of that, it's um it's not a sports town, and I think it's really showing on a on a level to where you can't just with the NBA and the way that is run, you need to be in these hype cities, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Well, and that's a, it's the other thing is it's not an attractive destination for free agents, especially with I think between. Utah, maybe over the past couple of years, they've changed it. I know players always talk about Boston as having a horrible fan base um, and not wanting to play for Boston because of the fan base. Um, I think Utah may have passed them over the past couple of years because they've had so many incidents with players and stuff. Um, so it's one location and and you know location and branding it's not great and then you add on that players just don't want to play for the fan base um it's hard to get players in through free agency as well um so yeah i don't i would be which i don't know tradition wise <laughs> Um, I I would almost be for like if you're not going to trade the players, have a relocation of the team. I mean, it's happened before. Seattle SuperSonics are now the Oklahoma City Thunder, and um, but if you if you're relocated Utah, I think Utah is holding on to that Stockton Malone era in the '90s. Um. But no, no, no players. I mean, in the All Star Draft last year, LeBron and KD were joking about how no one wants to go to Utah or no one ever wants to play with Utah or whatever. I mean, it's just it's not a and like you said, not a sports town. Like it, it, it is. It does feel like it's just kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, and it's like, if you want that same dynamic of like 
culture or whatnot, you can easily move them to Dallas, Austin, um, Houston. Oh, no, there's a Houston team. Well, there's um, a Dallas team. <laughs> oh, I completely forgot about the Mavericks. Dang, the NBA is three teams in Texas. My goodness. Yeah, San Antonio. Uh, I guess you can move them to Austin. Well, no, Austin's not really a sports town either. I'm sure uh, the NBA was you not know where you can move them. You could, I've been saying this for years. The NBA needs a team in Nashville. Nashville, that'd be a good spot. Uh, I think St. Louis wouldn't be the worst idea. Wouldn't be, yeah, it wouldn't be the worst. I guess they do have. I, I keep I keep thinking about how the NFL has left St. Louis. Um, St. Louis has the Cardinals. Yeah, I forgot. I always forget about baseball because it doesn't matter. But um, well, I wouldn't <laughs> say that. It's a it's a especially with the Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals are, are a very reputational team. Yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely some cities. Pittsburgh doesn't have an NBA team. Um. Louisville doesn't have an NBA team. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking in, in 2K, whenever you do like expansion teams, there's like cities that are you can choose from. And that always makes me think that those are the cities that the NBA is keeping an eye on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they were to do an expansion, they're like, these are good. St. Louis is on there. St. Louis and uh, Pittsburgh and Nashville and where else? Louisville. I'm trying to think of the other ones. Seattle. I think Seattle's. I don't know if it's one of them in 2K, but Seattle does miss their team in the that they had. And Seattle's a sports town. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess. I would say Portland, but that's Portland, Portland has. The Trailblazers. Oh shoot! My goodness, I don't know yeah. what NBA teams. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> what a question for Ben. He just keeps naming cities that already have teams. <laughs> I'm trying to think of Western cities, and they're just not popping up to me. They, I mean they they've they've got the West pretty covered. Oh, um, Kansas City. Yeah, they could. They could. Yeah, can't. That's one of them in two K. Can go to Kansas City. I don't know if that's a necessarily West. I mean, it's Western Missouri by Kansas. Kansas is close to Utah, right? I think geography. Kind of. I have no idea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking at a map. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, there's, I think there's a lot of cities that would work better than Utah, better than Salt Lake City for the NBA. Yeah, it just it just doesn't fit with the dynamic. Is there a team in Vegas? No. Oh shoot! Moving to Vegas, Utah and Vegas are right next to each other. I don't know. I think the same concerns would arise that did in the NFL. What happens when you put a bunch of young athletes in the in Las Vegas? <laughs> With a bunch of money, I mean, I guess the Raiders did have a yeah, lot. Ra- of... Raiders have had their share of issues. <laughs> I don't think it was because they were in Vegas, though. But yeah, 
um, NBA NBA players have been, I feel like, have been more problematic than uh, NFL guys. I don't know that. Maybe maybe stars. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's do that. Stars. I would say there's a, there's a lot of role guys in the NFL causing problems. <laughs> oh my you God. never hear about fifty three man roster versus a you know fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I feel bad for Salt Lake City. It just just it seems like a good city. I've heard good things. I mean, you know, and I, I hate to make this political, but it's generally a more conservative area. Well, just like the state in general and the NBA, it's probably one of the most liberal leagues of the four major sports. Yeah. And so I just don't feel like the dynamic goes with it as well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If you want to go there, I mean that's been the complaint amongst the the fan base of Utah is that they're always racist towards players. That's why no one wants to go play for that fan base. <laughs> Which I mean fits your. <laughs> I mean I'm not your stereotypical go as, description. <laughs> I'm not going to go as far as racist. Okay, there's a difference between conservative. And I know, racist. I know, but that's what people you know. Well, I mean, there, I guess, you know, a lot of there are there is a stigma that if you are conservative, you're a racist. I feel like that's a little extreme, but people do believe that. I don't know if that's what no, they I think, mean when they say that. But No, I don't. I, I, I think there, there's a difference amongst the two, obviously. I'm just saying. Ever since, you know, the Trump era, that's kind of been mm-hmm. they've been linked <laughs> the, the, the two terms. And unfortunately, and, and yeah, and if you think that Salt Lake City is conservative, well, they've also, you know, stereotypically fit the link <laughs> over the past few years. Um, yeah, so I, it, it's really unfortunate in that regard, but like, like, I don't think like Boston, Boston's not going to leave, you know, Boston yeah. is the second biggest brand in the NBA, it's mm-hmm. um, a great sports city. Um, I know, I know there's complaints amongst the fan base there amongst the players, um, but Boston's not leaving. Utah could leave and probably do better in other areas. Yeah. Um, so there's that series, the Mavs move on. So then you have the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies series where I mean, Ja Morant solidified his superstar status. Um, and the Timberwolves, after, you know, they got made fun of some because of the play-in game and how they celebrated. And, um, it, you know, I see both sides of it. It's like, well, you like to see, you know, for everyone who complains about NBA players don't care are probably the same people complaining about they're celebrating too much for winning a play-in game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's honestly a little bit like when a like a 15 seed gets into the uh, national tournament in basketball. Like, yeah. 
it, it's a big deal for them. They they weren't supposed to, or not that they weren't supposed to be in it, but it's like, yeah, they made it into the big dance. Now, yeah. maybe it's not as big of a deal because it's like the play in, but you know, I don't know. I, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it. If and I'm normally the anti, you know, fun guy, I guess. Uh, you know, I'm always you know sit down be humble but it's like they want i think it was the clippers game right where it was like really yeah. competitive really back and forth it, well yeah and the whole patrick beverly came from the clippers and i mean yeah. for the timberwolves i mean it's like i get that it's it's just i re, honestly if i think back of all the games you know that was probably one of the better games of all the playoffs of course the playing doesn't count as the playoffs unfortunately yeah. Which is okay. As as much as I'm defending the Timberwolves right now, I am still firmly, firmly against the play-in. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I understood why it was necessary in the bubble because you had cut the season shorter than was expected. Mm-hmm. And they wanted Zion, and Pelicans still couldn't manage to do it. Um. I don't understand why it tra- it carried over after the bubble because I mean, it's like baseball. It's like if baseball had to play in and I'm like you after 160 games, you still not sure who's better. Like <laughs> I was just saying, it's, I mean, in the NBA, it's like after 82 games, you still don't know what team is better here. And like the two, um, the nine and 10 games, the nine just destroyed the 10. It's like, oh yeah, maybe these teams are 10 seeds for a reason. Like <laughs> they're just not as good. Um, now the Pelicans did make the playoffs instead of the Clippers. Like they would have um, if they wouldn't have had a play in. Um, but I also think a big part of that was that Paul George didn't play in that second play in game because of COVID protocols. Um but yeah, I don't. After eighty-two games, like if you're if you're if you're not a top eight seed after eighty-two games, I don't know why you deserve a chance to get <laughs> into the playoffs, especially if you're a ten seed. <laughs> yeah, I, I I completely agree with that. And it's like, oh well, a star could have been injured, and it's like, oh, so you want to rush a star back in order to get hurt in the actual playoffs, and then he's hurt and start the next year. Like, yeah, like the, uh, yeah, I guess if, if someone's saying a star could be hurt, like, what, on the seven seed? And so you'd rather get a 10 seed instead of the seven seed whose star got hurt? Like, it's still going to be a better team. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's just ridiculous because it's like, if you ask me, eight's too much for the NBA. I mean, I, I mean, no, like, I, mean, I understand eight's, why there's eight's, eight. eight's where it's been. Here's here's the thing. Eight's where it's been. And it's kind of been like, you know, over half the league makes the playoffs, you know, because it's eight and eight, 30 teams. Um, and I and I'm fine with eight because it sets up the bracket, you know, to go it, through. It sets it up nicely. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. I understand. But, eight. I can live with eight. But. That's the other problem I have with the play in 
because you talk about, you know, eight being too much. Now you're talking about 20 of 30 teams potentially are in the playoffs because of the play. in. Mm-hmm. And that's not like a, the bottom half of this league. Like each year, there's legitimately like five teams that could win the title. Yeah. So you don't need 20 teams to be eligible for the playoffs. <laughs> and and it reduces the already insignificance of the regular season. <laughs> like yeah. no one cares about the regular season already. And now you're telling me 20 teams? Like I really don't have to pay attention because either my team just stinks or they're going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, I'd say the NBA is lucky that like sports gambling is now legal. That way it gives people a reason to watch the NBA because it's like, oh, well, I'll just put 20 bucks on a certain game and then I'll watch the game. But it's like. If there was no sports betting and you have to play in, it's like, what's the point of even watching? I'll watch when the playing game happens like, yeah, or my team's so bad that I don't even want to watch them anyway. Exactly. Like it's, it's, re- I, I just, it just drives me nuts. I don't yeah. know. It just drives me nuts. And that's what in the, the, the eight seed, um, in the East changed too. I forget who, who got the, the Hawks. the Hawks, the Hawks, the Hawks were the nine and they ended up being the eight because the Cavs were supposed to be the eight. The Cavs freaking collapsed at the end of their year. <laughs> I, I I swear I think the Cavs tanked because they didn't want to give the Pacers their first round pick. Yeah, get Karis Levert for literally nothing. Goodness gracious, that takes me off so much. <laughs> um, I was literally trying to reverse jinx myself. I was being such a pessimist. I'm like, nope, they're not gonna win. They're gonna lose just for the because I have this bad tendency of like you know saying something and the opposite happens. Mm-hmm. And so like, oh yeah, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. And you know, it's like I was dead on bullseye <laughs> right. <laughs> so back to the series. We got the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. The Grizzlies win four two the Timberwolves just appeared to forget how to play basketball in stretches of this series. Um, they blew one. I mean, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies so overcame three double digit deficits. <laughs> there was one where the, it was so bad. Like I think it was a 20 point lead. Yeah. The, and then 26, they went on, they had a 26 point lead. They had two 20 point leads in the game and the Grizzlies went on a 21 over on and out, they outscored them 37 to 12 in the fourth. Yeah, like seriously, like the Timberwolves could have moved on. Yeah. <laughs> they could have moved on. <laughs> they probably should have moved on. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like they were playing good basketball at the end of the regular season. I thought they had a legitimate shot. And yeah. I, mean, I don't take too much away from this series. I basically look at it. These are two young teams. Um, and they're going to be back. And so um, I don't take too much from this series. It's just two young teams and you're not, you know, there's no expectation of either one of them to really go on a run here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be back. They're going to, you know, get experience from this and they'll be back. Um, but I, I am concerned at this point for the Timberwolves in regards to Carl uh, Anthony Towns because he's been in the league now five or six years and now he's this was his I think second time in the playoffs like he just hasn't gotten there very often um and so as as you know the team's best player but I'm excited to see Anthony Edwards and see where he develops because he seems to be coming along nicely um the Raptors and the Sixers. Sixers win 4-2. Um, there were some concerns because Sixers got up 3-0. The Raptors won the next two. Um, and everyone was like, Doc Rivers, he's blown, you know, three 3-1 leads. And is he going to be the first one to blow a 3-0 lead? And I think Ben might have been leading this train saying that the Raptors were going to win and something. I didn't think that they were going to win. I said it was possible. (laughs) And in fact, I said, I I feel like I would have said if the Raptors push it to an even series, I would go with the Raptors. That's, I believe what you said. Um, No, mostly because it's like, I, okay. Losing game, losing game four, I'm like, okay, you lose on the road to take it back home. Like, that's fine. And then you get beat at home with a chance to beat them. And now you're going back on the road. Like, I don't know. It's just. <laughs> I don't know. I, did, I just didn't like where the 76ers were going there. There's no reason why this thing had a chance of going seven. <laughs> um, the biggest story was that the Sixers won in the game six, but Embiid had a right orbital fracture and a mild concussion. And so, um, you know, Embiid, who was an MVP candidate, all of a sudden he's hurt after in the last game of the series. Um, that was a blowout as well. Um, and so what would that look like moving forward? And we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the next series, the Nuggets Warriors, not a lot to get to here, except for the just atrocity it is that Jokic is a back-to-back MVP. The Warriors win 4-1. Um, uh, Poole, Curry, Thompson all played well. Um, Jokic got ejected in the second game which is, you know, he won MVP last year and got ejected from a game in the playoffs and continued that streak this year. Um, so the Nuggets, I mean, the, that's what no one was scared of the Nuggets, similar to the Jazz. It's like, oh, this team will be good in the regular season. No one's scared of them in the playoffs. I think it's so hard because the Nuggets have a really good team. They're just hurt. Like, well, who well, is it? Jamal Murray? Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are both hurt. So it's their second and third guy. Um, I mean, this but, could but, be a team. But they missed the entire year. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. This year, like, the, it's practically the same thing. But 
you know, if these guys get healthy coming in next year, um, I think you would expect Jamal Murray to be back next year, right? Like you, he missed you, midway last you year. You expect Jamal Murray, not sure about Michael Porter because he's essentially been hurt his entire career. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm going to, you know, on a buy, sell, or hold thing, I'm holding on to Denver. Like I get it, but it's like this team. No, not in. They're not in the same position as Utah. I wouldn't say to blow it up. Um, I would like the Jokic propaganda to stop, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so tired of hearing about Jokic. Everyone's talking about Jokic like he's the best player in the league, and he's maybe top 10. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And like I said, back-to-back MVPs. Like, There's a very short list of players who have a back-to-back MVP, and he's easily the worst player on that short list. <laughs> You want to know who's a great player, though? Victor Oladipo. Oh, my gosh. Listen to this. He has 13 13 of the 18 18 points. I just saw that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's what Miami's getting rocked right now. I was going to say, if that's any indication of how that game's going right now, (laughs) it's not going good for Miami. No. Yeah. I I I forget. It was like five minutes left in the first, and the score was like seventeen to one. And I was like, "How is that even possible?" <laughs> um, but right now it's thirty four eighteen. Nine minutes left in the second, so they're starting to crawl back into it. But my goodness, it was like twenty six to four there. Um, with uh, with a couple of minutes left in the first, and I was like, "How is it even possible that a NBA team has four points almost in a quarter. Um, but yeah, so the Warriors advance. Heat Hawks. Um, Heat went 4-1. Butler had 45 in a game. He sat out um, game five. Lowry got injured um, in this series with a hamstring, I believe, and um, missed – uh, game four. Um, I mean, it wasn't really, this was a, never a big, I mean, honestly, you look the only game, the Hawks won, they won one eleven to one ten, So it was right there at the buzzer that just completely outmatched. This is, you know, why the play in is pointless. Like the Hawks Hawks win the play in to get near swept out of the first round. Yeah, it's and another thing that doesn't even make remote sense is like, why are we doing a one game winner take all then to play seven more games, or then to play like a seven game series? Because it's like you could have an eight seed play a ten seed or however it's set up or whatnot, and the ten seed has a fantastic night while the eight seed has a bad night. Yeah. yeah, you know the eight seed's gonna, you know, at least give a decent fight to well, a one seed. Well, yeah. maybe not a decent fight, but, but it's like, but they have a better shot. Yeah, they they have a better shot. They have they probably at least have one good player, one or two good players, or something. I like would that. say, like I said, you know, when it comes down to this, I would argue, I guess Atlanta and Cleveland to me are similar. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, Atlanta went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Um, but 
I would say Cleveland had a better shot against Miami Mm -hmm. just because they had this more size and they have um, like Atlanta has Trey young, but um, Cleveland has Darius Garland, who was an all-star. They had Evan Mobley who could have won. He almost won rookie of the year. You got Jared Allen, um, which Jared Allen, that was his first game back from injury. If I recall. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And he was an all-star. And so it's, so it's kind of like, I think Cleveland would have had a better shot, but you have a, you know, winner take all play in and the Cavs who had earned the eight seed down missed the playoffs. <laughs> like, you know, if, if you were to do it, like, it, I think it should be at the least a three game series, but here's the thing. I'm like, well, I don't want an eight game, a three game series either. So it's like, how do you make this fair? Yet, how do you Just, make it? I, I like I said, I don't want the blame. Yeah, neither do I. I I want it going. But if you're going to make it, if you're going to have it, make it fair. Make it a three game series. Um, in a surprising, I, I I will say maybe not surprising. So the Celtics beat the Nets, and I don't think that's surprising. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I, I guess <laughs> for a minute there. The public was very much with Brooklyn because they were like, they had Durant and Kyrie. I still thought the Celtics would win the series. What I didn't see and what I don't think anyone really saw was a 4-0 sweep. Yeah, I didn't really see it either. But, you know, you watch each and every one of those games. You're like, it was a back and forth game just happened to fall Boston's way. I mean, they were all close. Like that game one. That game one was that's really almost too. That's almost though more surprising because Brooklyn has Katie and Kyrie who are supposed to be the two closers. Mm-hmm. And so when you think, oh well, all the games are close, you would think Edge goes to Brooklyn. Yeah, and I don't know what happened to Kyrie because, like, in the play-in, he played outside his mind. In the first two games, played outside of his mind. Games three and four didn't even show up. Well, I mean, I, I, that's probably typical Kyrie, but it's like, yeah, I mean, at this point, I would say that's typical Kyrie. But the, uh, I will say the biggest surprising thing is all four games, Kevin Durant didn't show up. That is true. I mean, KD was bad the whole series. And if he was good that series, they'd probably win it. Yeah, they'd probably win it. They'd probably at least go up 2 0, and then they would have had home court yeah. for the rest of the playoffs not with the rest of the playoffs they were the seventh seed or not yeah i'm the rest of the series i guess but yeah i mean it was um really surprising for it to be a sweep it was really surprising how poorly (laughs) kevin durant played um And and um, we'll get to it once we hit the second round. But, you know, everyone, you know, at that point, it was like Jason Tatum outplayed KD. They had, you know, it was like Boston's defense just shut KD down. Like, what are we dealing with? This is amazing defense. It, except if, you know, the Celtics went on to play Milwaukee and it was like, 
what if Giannis just destroys this defense? <laughs> and all of a sudden, like that's more of a more of a commentary on Durant than just, oh, Durant played bad this series, but Boston had this great defense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which I would I would argue once we get there, I think Giannis had a great series against Boston. Um but we'll get there in a minute. We got Bucks, Bulls. That one, the Bulls came out hot, kind of fizzled out towards the end of the year, and the Bucks got them four one. Yeah, that that one was basically Chicago was like the little kid punched the big bully in the mouth, and then got a good uppercut in there in game two, and then once the you know big bully got his uh gatherings together absolutely pummeled the little kid like that's how i describe it okay because that game one was close i cannot i cannot let us talk about this series without i made a note here i cannot let's talk about this series without talking about what ben said it was one one and then the bucks go up two one in dominating fashion and ben's takeaway is oh well the chris middleton is holding the bucks back I mean, at the time, that's what it looked like. No, it doesn't. That's <laughs> at the time. That is never what it looked like. <laughs> okay, Chris Middleton played in the first two games. That those games were close. Then rest of the series, absolute blowouts. Chris Middleton didn't play. <laughs> that's well. You said it after just one game. I said that after one game, and it hold, held true for the rest of the series. It did not hold true for the rest of the playoffs. Well, I guess we'll never know because Chris Middleton didn't play in the next round. I just, this guy. <laughs> um, the Suns and Pelicans, the Suns went at 4-2. It went a little longer than people expected, um, considering the Suns were the only, I think they were 64 wins this year. So by far and away, best record. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, Boston back up by 24 now. Um, well, Oladipo's off the court. Do what? Oladipo's off the court, so. No, he's not. That's what I got on here. He's... Literally playing right now. Oh, are you streaming it? Oh, did they just take him out? You mean? Well, I mean, no, I'm just watching my phone, like the game tracker app, and uh, it just says, Yeah, he's not okay, on the court. so he just went out. Okay, They're up I, 24, and he just went out. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not watching the, I'm just watching the scoreboard, watching, and I can see who's on the court and who's not. <laughs> but I can't see like, oh, this player just subbed in. This player just subbed out. I'm like, okay, here's what I got. <laughs> My bad. Um, yeah, so the Suns, this series been a little longer than, um, but Devin Booker also got hurt um, in the second game. And so I think that extended a little bit. However, in the last game, Chris Paul was perfect. He went 14 of 14 and four of four from the free throw for 33 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, again, not much to say about here. I do think this is like the problem. Um, or I guess this is kind of problematic for the Suns as the fact that this game went six games, you know. Yeah, they, I get, but Booker was hurt too. I mean, Booker was hurt too. But it's problematic because it affected them later on. Mm. I'm saying like this team is not built to go seven, 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 you know, they, if they want to, you know, keep what they have going, they're going to have to do, you know, four game sweep, four game sweep and hope that they still got enough left in the tank to, you know, saying like injury concerns, injury concerns, fatigue, all that good stuff. Um, Get to the second round. You have the Celtics and the Bucks. The Bucks win game one. Giannis has a triple double. Celtics come back game two. Bucks win game three. Giannis has a huge 40 points home game. Um, Celtics tie it back up. The Bucks um, pull out game five. They had a big fourth quarter rally, they were down most of the game. Um, Giannis had 40 and 11. Drew Holiday had two defensive plays in the final seconds that probably up for the defensive plays of the year. And I think they were against, if I remember right, I believe they were against Marcus Smart, who actually won defensive player of the year. <laughs> um, and Drew Holiday said, let me show you who the real defensive player of the year is. Um but at, and at that point, so going into this series, I would have said Bucks in six or seven. So once the Bucks go up three two, we're right on schedule. And then Boston won the next game, despite Giannis having forty four points and twenty rebounds. Um, Tatum had forty six points, um, and Boston won. And it goes uh, back to Boston. And uh, the Celtics um, won pretty easily. Uh, Grant Williams had the game of his life. That's what the other game, I forget which one it was. It was either game two or game four that Al Horford had the game of his life. <laughs> and then um, in the in game seven, it was just like nobody but Giannis really showed up for the Bucs. Um, so Celtics won 4-3 in a seven-game series. Um, this this was a good one. I mean, this was probably – I would say this is probably the best series we've had of the playoffs this far. Yeah, I would say so. Um, kept you on your toes. Uh, lots of good games. Uh, yeah, it was just back and forth. Especially, you know, because there was like so many times where it's like Giannis isn't going to lose this game. Like Giannis is at home. You know, it's a very important game. This is a game the Bucks have to win. And here comes Boston winning the game. Like, you know, there were so, so many moments, you know, it, it honestly could be the series of the year so far. Um, it's definitely not the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> yeah. Um the uh, I guess the only question is people are wondering what Milwaukee does. Um, I would say 
make your minor tweaks, kind of like they did this last season. They brought in, I think they brought in PJ Tucker. Um, I would say make your minor tweaks. No need to blow it up in Milwaukee. I would say especially because this is to my point of the last series. I think the Bucks win this series if Chris Middleton is playing. But he missed the whole series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that statement. Uh, mostly because but he's of, holding them back, I thought. Well, he was holding them back against Chicago. What can I say? It was a matchup problem. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you're absolutely, I do agree with you, mostly because I think what game was a game two, Boston could not miss behind the arc. And the fact is Milwaukee just couldn't match him. And that's what Chris Middleton does, right? He's a three-point shooter. Well, he's a three, but he's also, um, you know, he's the number two guy to Giannis. Yeah. And so... I think they were just missing. I think he gives them a better option in terms of matchups. He gives. I, them, he, I think he gives them a better. He, he's a great defender, but offensively, he gives them a guy who can make his own shot, um, and a guy who can shoot. Like uh, you know, Giannis isn't taking threes out the wazoo. You know, mm-hmm. um, because Giannis is more of an inside guy. But Middleton is a guy who can create his own shot and can create it from further out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. I still think uh, Bulls win that series with that, uh, if Chris Middleton was playing. I'm just kidding. I'm completely uh, kidding. Uh, <laughs> um. I'd like my words stricken from the record. <laughs> Grizzlies and Warriors. Warriors win 4-2. Um, Draymond got ejected game one. Dylan Brooks got ejected game two and is suspended for game three. Um, ja Morant continue. I mean, he had 47 in game two. He joins LeBron and Kobe as the only players with multiple 45-point playoff games before the age of 23. Um, The Warriors absolutely destroyed him in game three. They had a historic shooting percentage, 63% from the field, 76 true shooting, second best in both categories in history. Um, And John Morant left the game with a knee injury, and I I believe he didn't return from that. Um, Steve Kerr went into the health and safety protocols. The Warriors, the I thought the Grizzlies were going to steal a game without Jaw. The Warriors barely won. Um, game four. Um, they took their first lead with less than a minute to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but Steph also became the first player in history to have 500 threes in a postseason. The Grizzlies then blew them out without Jaw in game five and then the Warriors won game six. So if the Grizzlies are able to hold on for another minute, they would have been up three, two or three. Yeah. Three, two, three, two. And not to mention game seven that goes to Memphis. Yeah. 
I mean, that could have been a heck of a series. Um, but yeah, that was just unfortunate. Uh, and I think that's... I, I don't get it. What what's going on with these teams that like they lose a player and then they play better? Yeah, I, and I don't know necessarily. I, uh, you know, in that in that game in particular, I think they miss Jaw because Jaw's their closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you talk about the Warriors taking the first lead with less than a minute to play. They probably don't get that lead or they don't keep it if Jaw's playing. Because yeah. because he's he's keep keeping the scoring going late in the game. Yeah. Um, but like that 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 next game. Yeah, the next game they beat him by almost forty. And I think part of it was like was it just the Warriors being cocky? I could see that, or was it the Warriors trying to figure out what in the world did they want to do with Jordan Poole and Steph Curry or Stephen Curry? Steph Curry. Gosh dang it. Steph Curry. There we go. But yeah, because there's been a lot of like, oh, you know, in the first round, Steph Curry was coming off the bench and Jordan Poole was playing amazing. Well, it's like, you're not going to keep Steph Curry on the bench. So it's like, yeah. okay, how, do you, how do you divide the minutes up once Steph Curry's back? And so I wonder if that was kind of like what was going on with the Warriors. Maybe both. they were just experimenting, know. you mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't I think it was just a bad night for the Warriors shooting wise. Um I don't think there's ever a scenario in the playoffs. Like once you get to the playoffs, I don't think there's ever a scenario unless you're just like like you I guess if you're the Grizzlies in that game you experiment a little. I don't think there's ever a scenario where you're trying things out in the playoffs. Like I think the Heat did against the Hawks in one of those games. I mean, but uh, what do you mean? The the Heat had uh, both Lowry and uh, Jimmy Butler out, and they literally like started backups the entire game. Well, yeah, but they were hurt. <laughs> I mean, I I don't think so. Like, Lowry, yes, but it's like uh, I think they were probably hurt. I, th- I I don't know Jimmy Butler. I'm not. I'm not trying to sh- entirely sure. I think he just needed a good old rest day. <laughs> but I mean, I I guess you try things out in the playoffs. I'm not. I'm saying I don't think you ever try things out for the sake of trying them. Like you're not like I, if if I'm the Warriors, I'm not experimenting with how I think. Oh well, let's see how this rotation goes, just to see how the rotation goes. Like I'm trying to win the game. And That's so I'm fair. going. And so I'm going with what works that I know works. Like I'm not saying let's try this out because we can lose this game. And no, because in the NBA, like you don't you don't ever want to give up a game. Well, I mean it's it's hard because you don't have games like that to work with. And so you know what do you you know what do you do when you just get Steph Curry back as a starter? And what do you do with Jordan Poole? You do what do you, you did the whole season. But you know what? I don't think Jordan Poole was getting that many minutes, and with how good Jordan Poole was playing, no, I mean, Poole was Poole was playing well throughout the year. It's not this wasn't a new revelation. Hmm. Well, maybe, maybe they were just kind of out of sync of what they were doing. I don't know. But, 
I don't know. I don't think I don't think you're ever just. I don't think it, I don't think an NBA team would ever think, oh, we're up three one, so let's use a couple games here to figure out some stuff before moving on. I think you can work that stuff out in practice. You're talking about practice. Though. I am talking about <laughs> practice. Um, Sixers Heat Heat win four two. Embiid missed the first two games. So did Lowry. Um, the Heat win the first two games. Sixers win the next two games. Which at that point, you know, you saw the difference of what they looked like with and without Embiid. Um. Lowry in the fourth game re-injured the hamstring. Harden had about his only good game of the series or the postseason in the fourth game. The Heat won game five with Lowry still out. And then the Heat won game six. Um, James Harden played maybe the worst he ever has. Um, Lots of questions right now around in Philadelphia around James Harden. Um, because I think he's eligible, like they can give him an extension or something, but everyone's like, you're stupid. If you give him a max extension at this point, after he's played like he has, and, um, especially like he's, this was the, you know, like he, what he do forced his way out of Houston. Then he forced his way out of Brooklyn and it's, and that's in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, well, he's quit on two teams in two years. He showed no signs of playing like he typically has, um, signaling that, you know, he's coming down to the end of his career. To give him a five-year max extension of whatever, I think $270 million or whatever, um, you're asking for your team to just that, – that, that would be your team. If you extended him like that, you would have you would have Harden and MB and you were and you would think that would work. And clearly it doesn't. So you gotta figure something else out with Harden. But I thought it was the Shaq and Kobe reincarnation. Who said that? I'm pretty sure there were people saying that after like two games of James Harden and uh oh, what's his name? Embiid. Embiid, yeah. We got well, maybe you got the Shaq part, but you don't have the <laughs> you don't have the Kobe. Well, um, the, like the first two games, Harden like went off in the 76 uniform. Oh, uh, okay. But like um yeah, so the heat move on there. My favorite thing was Butler after game six. Um I, you might not remember this, Ben, but Butler used to play for the 76ers. I do recall that. It didn't end well there, did it? Well, so what happened was, so I'm not sure entirely what happened just because, um, like, I'm not sure. I think Jimmy Butler would have left anyway, because I've heard teammates of his say like, yeah, ever since he was playing in Chicago, he was talking about getting to Miami. Like he's always wanted to go to Miami. Mm -hmm. So I think he might've left anyway. However, there was this moment. When he was playing, so the 76ers had created this team 
where it was Ben Simmons, Embiid, and they had traded for Jimmy Butler and traded for Tobias Harris. Oh my goodness, that sounds like a great lineup. It was. And they went, I think they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, they then, so they get to that offseason. Ben Simmons had just been drafted, so he was still on his rookie deal. And um, they get to the end of the season. So Embiid's, Embiid had been paid. Mm-hmm. Butler and Harris's con Butler Harris and Simmons contracts up. And the understanding was that you only had so much money, you know, it's a salary cap. And so you had to pick who to pay of these three. And I think it was you could pick two of them. Well, you could pick. Sorry, with the rules that the NBA has, you could pick either Butler or Harris. And then you can sign Simmons because he was a rookie and you and the NBA has waivers for like if you if you draft someone in the first round, like you can go over the salary cap for their extension to maintain them. And so you, they knew they were going to have Simmons and MB. They had to pick Harris or Butler. And I remember, I think I was doing sports shenanigans at the time. Um, I remember going on there and saying, without question, I'm signing Jimmy Butler and letting Tobias Harris walk. It sounds reasonable. Harris Um, is good, but not special. And the news came out. They had extended Tobias Harris. And at that point, no one knew it was like Jimmy Butler is going to be a free agent. We don't know what's going to happen to Jimmy Butler. And I remember at that point going, like, I can't believe they opted to, they signed. I mean, Tobias Harris, it was like a, I mean, you know, it's a max four year, whatever deal. Um, and I thought, man, they chose to go with Tobias Harris over. Jimmy Butler and um, and then Jimmy Butler goes to Miami and you know we see how that all's turned out um, the and like I said I don't know if Jimmy Butler would have stayed because that's what we it, it was, everyone was kind of surprised I, I remember the general consensus was that you would take you would sign Jimmy Butler over Tobias Harris Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Jimmy Butler would have stayed anyway, or if he said I would rather leave because he wanted to go to Miami. And so then they and so then they signed Harris after he. I don't know if they offered Butler first and he turned them down. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. But after this game, Game Six, when the Heat, you know, eliminated the Sixers. Butler's walking back to the locker room and he's yelling, shouting, Tobias Harris over me? (laughs) Which I love. Um, So I don't know, you know, I don't know what all, but essentially 
him alluding to the fact that the 76ers chose to take Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler, um, which we've seen how that's played out. Um, I think Tobias Harris is one of the worst contracts in the entire league um, <laughs> for the value of player you get versus what you're paying him. I mean, he's not a bad player, but no, he's not a bad player, but you're paying him $40 million a year or whatever it is or 35 or something. And he's a, he's a good role guy almost. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If if you really wanted to, if you really wanted to nail it down, I sent this to I think Casey the other day. There was an opportunity. The Sixers had an opportunity here. <laughs> they could have. So in the the draft um, that Jason Tatum was drafted, Boston had the number one pick. And I, I remember in this draft, Everyone, I was, I thought Jason Tatum is probably the best player coming out of the draft. And, um, and I feel like that was the general consensus. Was that the Tatum Lonzo draft? Yeah. The Sixers trade up to number one with Boston. So Boston goes back to three. And the Sixers take Markel Fultz, number one. Lakers take Lonzo Ball. Celtics take Jason Tatum at three. So there is a scenario where the Sixers lineup could currently be Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid. (laughs) And they would be unstoppable. I didn't like uh, Jimmy Butler uh, kind of uh, throw shade at the 76ers organization after that series where he's like, I love playing with Embiid, but didn't really care too much for the ownership or whatnot. I didn't, I didn't see anything like that. I just saw, I just saw the after when he's walking to the locker room going Tobias Harris over me, Tobias Harris over me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, you know, I suppose you live and you learn, but 76ers could have like the dynasty of the dynasties. <laughs> I mean, they were the laughing stock of the league, just five, I want to say five, probably six years ago. Yeah, they were the team that it was like every year. It was like, oh, you drafted another center? <laughs> They're like, trust the process. And you're like, what process? But yeah, I just, that hypothetical, it just blows my mind to think that they could have, their starting lineup could be Ben Simmons, somebody, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, you literally, that would be near unbeatable team. You have Ben Simmons distributing in defense. 
You have Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid offense, and then you have Jimmy Butler two way. <laughs> Just it would be the it would be the toughest defensive team with Joel Embiid and Jason Tatum offensively with Jimmy Butler as a third option. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's a team I would build in 2K. Um, <laughs> and then Suns Mavs. Suns win game one. Luca had 45. Suns win game two. Mavs win game three. Mavs win game four. Suns win game five. Uh, Mavs win game six. And Mavs win game seven. Uh, Chris Paul, Booker, and Aiton all didn't show up. It was probably the most embarrassing game seven ever. Um, they were down by 40, I think, in the first half. <laughs> um, Luca, as a matter of fact, Luca had 27 points in the first half, and the Suns as a team had 27 points in the first half. Um, just, a, just a massive loss. And then uh, Patrick Beverly made headlines the next day because he went on ESPN and made comments about Chris Paul that, um, you know, Patrick Beverly hates Chris Paul. And so he saw him at his lowest moment and thought, I'll go on ESPN and attack him. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. As someone who was rooting for the Suns this year, the Suns needed humbled. They did. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, I, I, I was shaking I, uh, my head at what happened. I'm like, guys, you're making it very hard to root for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and just last year, you were the easiest team to root for. Yeah. Well, that's what I don't know if you saw. Um, Nick Wright was talking about. Um, he said, game one happened. And Luca had 45. And after the game, Chris Paul was in a press conference and they said, um, you know, what do you think about Luca? And he kind of said, like, well, they got a lot of good players over there. And he named like Theo Pinson, who like doesn't even dress <laughs> for the game. Like it was they're like, that's a lot of that's kind of a shot, you know. Um mm-hmm. and then the after game two, they were up 2-0, and him and Devin Booker were like making fun of the Mavericks or something. And the uh, um, and so Nick Wright says, So the basketball god said that's twice, no more. And Chris Paul stunk the rest of the series. And Devin Booker, that was just his first offense. But then in game five, he flopped and he called, looked at the camera and said, that's the Luca special. And then for the final seven quarters, he had 22 points and 11 turnovers on 20% shooting. Um, <laughs> and so it was like, oh, they just played with fire a little too much. <laughs> yeah. You're in. Yeah. I heard that same take uh, and I fully agreed. I'm like, Everyone was rooting for you guys. And then you had to go and blow it. <laughs> like you went from the most, like, I, I, how can I defend this team? Like, how can I, 
you guys were the most easy to root for team. And then you went from, yeah, I hope Luca kind of puts you guys in your place. Like that, that type of deal. Mm. Just kind of yeah. drove, just kind of drove me nuts. But yeah, the Suns. I mean, if this was surprising, I I thought it would be a good series, but ultimately the Suns are the better team. Yeah, I think. The and Suns so, in a seven-game series, the better team usually wins. Yeah, or at least shows up for Game Seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and this is what I hate about the NBA. Like, we had two Game Sevens. Boston and Milwaukee. I know. Luca versus the entire Suns team. And you're like, okay, let me grab an ice cold Pepsi, sit in an easy chair, and enjoy some basketball. And I think I turned both games off at halftime. <laughs> yeah, I was I was glad because I, I had contemplated um because I'm working overnights. And so the the Milwaukee game was at uh 3:30. And I thought I could get up early and I had to work that next night too. Um, but I was like, I could get up early and watch that full game seven and, and then watch the full other game seven and then go to work. And I compromised with myself and I thought I'll get up in time for halftime of the Milwaukee game. And I'll watch the second half of that. And then I'll watch the whole game seven and of Phoenix. And, um, and so I got up and I turned it on and I'm watching, watching, watching. And it got to the end of the third quarter and I turned it off because it was such a blowout. (laughs) They were Milwaukee was like down 20 or something. And then from the jump, the second game seven, it was like, they were up 40 before you even knew it. It was like second quarter. Um, and it was like, wow, this is like this was supposed to be the best day of basketball. <laughs> yeah, there, like if, if you're a sports fan in general, and you like follow the NHL, you you were supposed to have the greatest day ever because there were four game sevens: two in basketball, two in hockey. Mm. This is what makes me want to become a hockey game because both those hockey games went to overtime. <laughs> Like back and forth, hitting each other on ice skates, you know, and then it goes to overtime and both of them were like three, three, you know, so that's decently high scoring for a hockey game. So it's like, I, sh- I should have been a hockey fan. Yeah. Should have been a hockey fan. <laughs> um, And then we get to the conference finals. So we've gotten all the way to the conference finals, the Mavs and the Warriors. Warriors are up 3-0. Um, the game one, all five starters were in double figures. Um, the Warriors got down big in the first half and, um, and then clawed their way back to win game two, game three, they win. Um, Luca has had a good series. There's just not much besides Luca on the Mavericks. Um, and honestly, I don't know what's going on here, but Kayvon Looney has been having the series of his life for the Warriors. Like the Mavericks just can't figure out what to do with them. He's rebounding. And they, I mean, just crazy, which is also crazy because the Mavericks last two series, they had Rudy Gobert and DeAndre Ayton and had no problem. They get to the Warriors and it's like Kayvon Looney is the best big man. Like, <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, 
I didn't expect the Mavericks to win this series, but I did think it'd be like Warriors and six. <laughs> I wasn't expecting three zero. Um, again, because better team, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, this series hasn't really even been close. No, it hasn't, which kind of like surprises me. I just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, from what I heard, Luca did has, or I heard this on Hammer Down that Luca might have, there have been reports he had been feeling under the weather of lately. I don't know if that's affected his play or anything. But that's what I, his shoulder has been a bit of an issue. Well, not a bit of an issue, but. I know, like, I think he tweaked his shoulder or something. Mm-hmm. But even, like, game three, he had 40 points, right? Yeah, like, he's had a great series. <laughs> it's just there's not – it's just it, – it's like – I don't know if I've already said this on here. Probably not because we haven't been on in so long. But um, the, this Mavericks team, it reminds me of the 07 Cavs team when LeBron took that team to the finals, and it was like they had LeBron. And like then, the next best player was like Larry Hughes or Ilgauskas or you know just not. It's it reminds me of that where it's like this team it's Luca driven. You know it's like they've got Luca and they got some role guys who will see if those role guys provide anything. Like that was the biggest thing in Game Seven against the Suns. It was like there's Luca, but Dinwiddie was hitting threes, and so. Um, they were able to build this huge lead because there was one other guy who was stepping up to help out. Um, this series, it's and, and it's similar to you know the, the Milwaukee Boston series. It was like got Giannis, who's stepping up, um, mm-hmm. and no one did in Game Seven. Um, so, um, yeah, like I said, I expected the Warriors to win the series. I d- I did think with Luca. He would get some help from someone and win a game or two, mm-hmm. um, but it just hasn't happened. Yeah, I, I. It just sounds like the most Golden State thing for them to kind of let Game Four slide. I feel like Golden State's going to pull back a little bit, probably yeah. because like you know what else feels like the most Golden State thing? What that they have to play the Mavs instead of the Suns. <laughs> like like the entirety of this Warriors franchise, you just look through, it's like they never play a fully healthy team. They, you know, they're always the overmatched, you know, they always have the better matchup. They're always, you know, they never have um, you know, it's like when the 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 first title they won, they played the Cavs in the finals, but the Cavs didn't have Kyrie Irving or Kevin Love. And they still went six with just LeBron. Um the 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 next year they lose on the three one lead to LeBron. The next year they get Kevin Durant, and it's just they're just so overmatched against everybody. And in the West they played. Um, I'd have to I'd have to look it all up, but I know like every year it's like, well, this round this player was hurt. This round this player was hurt. This round this player was hurt. Um, plus they had Kevin Durant, so they were just already overmatched. The next year they still had Kevin Durant. And in the finals, they played the team that LeBron dragged to the finals. Um, and so they're just overmatched. Um, 
the only time the luck ever broke for them was the next year. Then they played the Raptors and uh, I think Clay and Katie and maybe Steph all got hurt. And so the Raptors won the finals that year. Um, but if they were, if the Warriors were healthy, they would have won that. Um, and now they're back this year and it's like, well, we get to play the Mavs instead of the Suns, who the Suns were a 64 win team. Definitely the better team, but they lost the Mavericks. You know, like yeah. Um, I mean, and they and they. they, So what? What was their path? They played the Grizzlies before, who you know was a young team, and Ja Morant got hurt. Like, (laughs) and 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 they played the the Nuggets, who Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are hurt, and now they're going to end up in the finals again, and they're going to be playing either um, either Boston or Miami. because Chris Middleton got hurt. And so Boston beat Milwaukee, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Embiid got hurt. Chris Middleton got hurt. You know, they're going to end up with Boston or Miami. The Warriors are probably going to be the favorites and whoever comes out of this series and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. I, I think though, to be fair, I think Golden State would have beaten the Suns in this round mostly on the account to to be fair i think they would have beat them but it would not they would not be sweeping them like they are the mavericks that okay that's fair i and that's what i kind of alluded to earlier is um and honestly i'm not sure if they win because i think phoenix has a different matchup problem for the warriors than the mavs do that that's fair but i alluded to it earlier like as soon as the Suns go six games with, you know, the Pelicans, and then they, you know, if let's say they win game seven against the Mavs, I mean, that, that, those games are taking a toll on Chris Paul. He can't go yeah. 14 games before he, I mean, like, he's got to get four and four in the first two rounds, or at least four and five. Like, he cannot be, doing this to his body with how old he is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, I just find it funny. It's like every, every, <laughs> every year it's like, boy, everything just breaks the warrior's way. Doesn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, I, mean, I just, I have warriors fatigue. <laughs> it doesn't make you feel better. They're doing this without Kevin Durant. <laughs> It makes me feel a little better they're doing it without Kevin Durant, but I'm just so tired. Like, here's the thing. I have a complicated relationship with Steph Curry because I think I like him and I want to like him, but then I watch him and he just kind of drives me crazy. Like, he's just so, I don't know. It's it, sometimes it just feels like he's over the top and it, it, it feels like he crosses into the arrogance. <laughs> well, you know? uh, no, it's like, it's like, he's kind of like that um, kid in class. I don't know if you ever heard experiences. He like, he does all the right things. Teachers love him. And then next thing you know, no, he'll turn around to the class and give that evil laugh. Like, yeah, I just played them or whatnot kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's like, I, it, it feels like when everything's going his way, he's obnoxious. Like, it's, you know, it's just like, I don't know. 
I, I, I don't know what to make of him. I want to like him. And I think I do at times, but sometimes it's like, I don't, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I understand. <laughs> and I just have warriors fatigue. Like I had four years of this, five years of this. And they finally, you know, Kevin Durant left. And so they kind of went away. And Steph got hurt, and so they weren't in the playoffs, you know, and the and then and now they're back. <laughs> I will say this though. I'll probably end up rooting for them if Boston wins the series. Why? I don't know. I have no reason. I'm just picking teams now. I'm going against the team that beat the team I wanted to win. What team did you want to win? Initially I won the Suns, that's why I won Golden State to win. And um, I, I want the Heat to go now, but if Boston beats them, I don't want to root for Boston then. Why do you not want to? You just don't want to root for Boston, or yeah, because they beat the Heat, and I want oh, the Heat. You you got a complicated. I'm not going to join the team that beat the team I was rooting for. Mm-hmm. So I have to go opposite. See, I uh, I. Just pick the player I'd rather win, want to win. Your favorite team is literally in the conference final, and you're going based on your favorite player. No, like I'm rooting, I'm rooting for the Heat. But if they lose, I, I would probably root for the Celtics because of the Warriors' fatigue. <laughs> because of Warriors' fatigue, and I like Jason Tatum, and I like Jalen Brown, like. Um, and th- here's the thing for me, there's always a, an element, you know, I guess with the Patriots, maybe it's a little different. Um, but there's always an element of like, if the heat lose this series, which it's looking like it's going to be tied because they're not close right now in this game. No, absolutely not. Um, if the heat lose the series, would I rather say, yeah, the Heat lost and the Warriors won that year? Or would I rather say the Heat lost to the Celtics who won that year? Like, we lost to the best team. No shame in that. Eh. It's like when the Colts, like the Colts would lose to the, um, oh, who would they lose to? I mean, they lost to a bunch of people. but uh, um, Yeah, you got to think of the year. Yeah. I'm trying to think of an example. Like if they lost to the Chargers, like I might like I might root for the Chargers a little bit just so I could say, well, you know, the Colts lost. It's not like the Colts lost to a team that shouldn't have been there, which we ended up, yeah, they did. But the um <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's like if you can say, well, we lost to the team who ended up winning the championship, like no shame in that. They were a good team, you know, like the <laughs> like when the Colts lost to the Bills the one year in the playoffs. The Bills? Yeah. With Phil Rivers. Oh. Yeah. And the Bills made it to the AFC championship team. I was thinking more like the Peyton Manning years when it was like I had legitimate hopes that we would win the Super Bowl. No, we uh, all our <laughs> losses were either to the Patriots or embarrassing losses. Yeah. 
which I mean, you lose to the Patriots is an embarrassing loss either way. So yeah. all of our losses were embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, like Phil Rivers, we lose to the Bills, and it's like okay, well, I kind of expected that. Like I'm not. I was rooting for the Colts, obviously, but I knew it'd be a tall task to ask Philip Rivers to beat the Bills. <laughs> I mean, he almost got it done. <laughs> hey, Why well, you don't put Jacoby Brissett in to throw that Hail Mary? Some, some, some different calls from Frank Wright. We might have won that game. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I'm just I'm just saying, like, why are you throwing why are you having Philip Rivers throw a Hail Mary when Jacoby Brissett has the arm to get it to the end zone? I don't never know. The world may never know. Anyway, but um back to the NBA. <laughs> yeah. So where's but yeah. Rio? Like I said, the heat, so the heat are up two one right now. Um, but right now they're down 30. So so I'm guessing this is gonna be two two. Like the the only player that showed up to play was Victor Oladipo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and again, game, I will acknowledge that's sad, but he is one of my favorite players. So yeah. Um, the first game, the Heat went on a twenty-two to two run in the third. Butler had forty-one nine and five. Um, the Heat won. The Celtics uh, won in game two. Marcus Smart and Al Horford were back. They were out in game one, um, along with Kyle Lowry. Lowry was still out in game two. Um, Derek White was out for the Celtics. Um, the Celtics won. Game three, Butler missed the second half, but the Heat still won. Bam had a big 31-10-6 game. Jalen Brown had 40-9, and nine, but Tatum didn't show up in game three. Um, and, now, and Oladipo had a great defensive second half. Okay, I didn't make a note about that. Um, Tyler Hero is out. They don't win that game without Oladipo. Come on, just a minute. Tyler here, Marcus, Marcus Smart are out tonight. Um, Robert Williams is in. So both teams kind of managing their injuries. It's, it's uh, I think Cowherd maybe said this, like all the teams that are left, like none of them are like overwhelmingly great teams. Like they're all good teams. It's not like in years prior, it would be like, these are great, great teams with great superstars. Like these are all like good teams this year. So I'm not really sure. No one's really sure what's going to happen. Um, and that's why betting him this year has been extremely difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, see, that's what, when it comes to playoffs, you have a seven game series. I always, I think I would have probably done pretty well betting if I would have this year. Why did it you? My goodness. Because in a seven game series, I always base it on who do I think is going to win the series? And I go, and my logic is, if I bet every game on who I think is going to win the series, um, I'll be right four out of however many times. Like, the, the worst I'll be is four and three, you know? <laughs> Which I know spreads kind of complicated a little bit there. Well, I think what from what I've seen, the last 13 dogs – that have covered the spread also won the game. Yeah. Like if you covered the spread, you practically won. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's my logic when it comes to it. I say, who's, who do I think is going to win the series? Like these series, um, 
I probably would have, I'd probably be going with Warriors, but this series, the Celtics Heat, I would not be picking games because I don't know who's going to win the series. Mm-hmm. I think it's very close. Um, but yeah, like I use that's that's my philosophy. I go, who do I think is going to win? And I'm usually right. And so, um, if I pick who I think is going to win, then I usually come out ahead. <laughs> Makes sense. I could have used a lot of your picks. <laughs> I struggled. Um, so in NBA news, you got a little brief section here. So Marcus Smart won the Defensive Player of the Year. He's the first guard to win it since Gary Payton in 95-96. Um, Mikel Bridges was second, Rudy Gobert was third, and Bam Adebayo called it the uh, snub disrespectful. That's why I thought Bam Adebayo was going to be one of the favorites, and he wasn't even in the top three. And they did the same thing with Miles Turner. Ugh. Well, <laughs> um, oh, you mean like another year? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like. Yeah, tough time making that case this year. Um, (laughs) I can't remember uh, what year it was. Otherwise, I would have said it. Yeah. Um, Have you watched any of the the Winning Time series on HBO? I have not. Okay. So it's it's about the rise of the Lakers back in the 80s, back when, like, they drafted Magic Johnson and stuff. Uh, Um, I have no desire. (laughs) Um. Well, Jerry West has demanded a retraction and an apology over his portrayal in the series. Um, In the series, he's very, um, I would say, quick-tempered and and just kind of always on edge and always always swearing and (laughs) and always grumpy. Um, And HBO released a statement saying that the series is based on extensive factual research, but it's also a dramatization. Like that's, there's a thing at the beginning of end in every episode. It's like, this is a dramatization. It's not like a documentary, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, like the blind side, like, yeah, yeah, this is based on true events, a a hand to hand account of what exactly happened, Yeah, but it's based on it, you know? Yeah. Um, It's entertainment. Yes. Not in so you're saying, you know, there may be maybe some liberties taken with the character. Um, that doesn't mean that's how it was, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is how they're gonna get out of this. But you know, Jerry West has demanded it, he's threatened to like sue or something over it because he thinks he's coming off looking bad, which he is. But um, but the funny thing to me is if if I <laughs> if you told me you know, watching the show, if they said, and in 40 years, Jerry West would, you know, ask for a retraction of this. That sounds exactly like what the character would do. (laughs) It's like, it's like, well, how inaccurate is it? Because this is not exactly, you know, coming out of left field based on what your character acts like. (laughs) If, if 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 this guy in the show demanded a retraction, I would say that's not a surprise. 
So I just find it funny. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, Scotty Barnes won the rookie of the year up in Toronto. Um, the Hornets fired their coach. John Morant won most improved player. Um, I will say I, when it came to me, I was thinking Jordan Poole was going to get most improved player. Um, John Morant doesn't to me seem like the type of player that the most improved player is designed for. Um, like, cause, cause you already knew he was a good player. Yeah. He was already great last year. Yeah. And yes, he got better and yes, he, you know, his team wildly over succeeded their predictions and, you know, all that stuff, but you already knew he was great. Um, Jordan Poole came out of nowhere. Like he was a role guy and now he's like, he'd be a starter on many teams, you know, like he went in for Steph Curry and the Warriors didn't miss a beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I get why John Morant won it, but it just, it doesn't seem like that's, he's the player that that reward is designed for. Um, um, Zion says that he would sign an extension in New Orleans, but I'm wondering if that's not just something he's saying to say it. <laughs> yeah, because no one ever says they'll stay and leave. Yeah, <laughs> oh, George. Oh my. <laughs> um. Tyler Harrow won the Sixth Man of the Year. Um. Ben Simmons had surgery on his back for herniated disc, so. Confirms that at least it is something physical. Now, whether it's a mental thing that led to physical, that's being speculated. But the fact that he had surgery at least shows that there is legitimate injury. Okay. Um, Lakers are involving Phil Jackson with the coach search. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, like, what? <laughs> um, like, <laughs> I don't know. Did you see? Oh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to recreate it. I'll refer people who listen to this show to go listen to Nick Wright's rant about the Genie Bus interview for the LA times. Um, it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. I couldn't agree more with everything he says. Um, I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous the way the Lakers are run as an organization. I, I, you know, I, you know, I get why LeBron went there in LA. He has more opportunities. I mean, his net worth doubled, I think since he's been there, just being able to, do all his different companies and stuff. But man, this guy is played for 20 years and he's had four where he had good ownership and management because <laughs> Cleveland was a trash show and the Lakers right now are a mess just or like organizationally. Um, Miami with Pat Riley, like that's the only time he's ever had great, you know, management from the team um the 
but <laughs> the genie busted interview in the LA Times, and all of it's just like, like she had a thing where she says, you know, the buck stops with me. Like LeBron's not running this team, and it's like, okay, well then stop leaking <laughs> that this is the bed LeBron made and he's got a lay in it, you know, like <laughs> it's like, she's talking out of both sides of her mouth. Like, I mean, it's just, I don't, it's ridiculous. I, I, I and just the, the small family business aspect that she's running the team as when she's running an NBA team, you know, like she said that, um, Linda Rambis is in the same role she's been in for 40 years, which is like her advisor. And it's like, well, 40 years ago, you were 20 years old. So if she's in that same role now, that means she's a friend. Like (laughs) you're paying her to be your friend on the staff. Like, I don't, I just, (laughs) none of the, none of the, I, I would refer everyone go see what Nick Wright said. That's essentially what I'm, what I want to say. It, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous the way that those Laker and this, that she, all of her, like, like we're involving Phil Jackson with the coach shirts. Why in the world would you involve Phil Jackson with the coach shirts? He, he set the Knicks back 20 years because they made him the president or the GM or whatever they made him. And like he picked, I think four coaches in the time he was with the Knicks and missed on all of them. It's like, she just picks anyone who's been a part of the Laker family or been in her family. Like it's, it's like, uh, you know, she was, I guess she was engaged to Phil Jackson. It's like, Oh, let me ask my ex fiance for advice about, this major decision and let me ask magic johnson who used to play for us 40 years ago what he thinks and it's just <laughs> like, like like pacers got lucky with larry bird like yeah in doing that situation it doesn't work with everyone it's not interchangeable no well and like Kurt rambus she's like Kurt rambus has been working in basketball for over 40 years and it's like yeah for your dad and you and it's like you know nick says he's like if i go and hire you know um uh you know wild's kid you know or i guess i'll I'll put it in terms that you you might get so like if colin cowherd had um hired like nick wright's son to work for him and he worked for him for 40 years or whatever, you know, 25 years. Yeah. And, and people would say, well, you know, Nick Wright's son has 25 years of industry experience. It's like, yeah, but working for Cowherd who hired him because he's his friend's kid, you know, (laughs) it's like, it's a little different, you know, (laughs) than having someone who's worked in an industry because they earned their credentials to be able to work in that industry <laughs> and then work their way up. Well, what, what it sounds like to me is a, do the Lakers have a general manager? The, yeah, they have a general manager, Rob Palenka, who is Kobe's former agent. 
Like everything, anyone who has any role in that organization, like you'll say the interesting thing, you'll like this because um, Pacers, Frank Vogel got fired. And I'm not saying he shouldn't. I think he should have. That was the, it was the most disappointing season for, I mean, they went into the season title favorites and they missed the playoffs. Like, so, you know, coaches got to pay for that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but he is the only one who got fired. And coincidentally, he's the only one who doesn't have a direct tie to the Lakers. Like Rob Palenka should also be fired because he's been a terrible GM, but he's Kobe's former agent. So he's, he gets to stay on because he knew Kobe, you know, who was a Lakers legend. Um, you know, everyone in the front office gets to stay on because they've been friends with Jeannie Buss for years and she's not going to fire any of her friends you know you know it's i mean she did fire her brother when she first got the thing but you know it's like <laughs> you know okay, it's like, okay. And, and now we're asking phil jackson for advice even though he's clearly shown that he doesn't know how to build a team or pick a coach or anything but he was a great coach for the lakers so let's ask what he thinks you know like <laughs> it's just i don't know Okay, okay, okay. Let's let let's just. You're the owner of an international brand. Okay, let's just let's just think about that for a second. An international brand. I don't think that exists in the United States sports outside of the Lakers. Like maybe well, the Yankees. Yeah, I was gonna say the Yankees and the Cowboys. Yeah, and, and the Bulls. I mean, even and the Bulls. Oh, okay, the Bulls. Even Dallas is a little bit of a stretch. Because it's football, like American football. So, like, yeah, you can kind of see it, but it's like it's an international brand. That is extremely rare. So if you're saying, okay, we're having a general manager position open, you are going to get nothing but the best candidates. Yeah, well, that's what uh, she said. She complained because she said, you know, I paid the luxury tax to, you know, have this roster or something and to miss the playoffs. Like, that's not why I'm paying the luxury tax. And Nick essentially says, you know what the, you know what I call paying the luxury tax? The cost of owning the Lakers. Like, the, <laughs> like you have LeBron and Anthony Davis in a championship window. The championship windows are when every team pays a luxury tax anyway. And you're the Lakers. Like, you're the, you're the most profitable franchise and the entire league you should be paying the luxury tax every year to have all these star players on your team (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like hire a good gm let the gm hire the coach and let the gm make the decisions on who's on the team that can have a good working relationship with the coach. And since it's a player's league, he needs to have a good relationship with the players as well, especially when one of those players is LeBron James. Well, and that's the thing about Jeannie Buss, like her entire, like I get she's worked her way up and whatnot, but her dad bought the team and her dad passed away and the team went to her. Like (laughs) it's kind of, you know, it raises some questions of, okay, who's qualified here? (laughs) Yeah. I, I I don't know, but you got to remember, like another thing I remember, it's like, Oh, well he's the GM is was Kobe's former, you know, agent. Let's, let's remember how did Kobe's, you know, how did the Lakers 
perform at the end of Kobe's career. I know they were bad. They were bad. And, and, and legitimately like they essentially gave Kobe that contract as a thank you, but he set him back 10 years (laughs) until they got LeBron. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll be, I'll be with you on this. Like, the Lakers are kind of a dumpster fire for franchise. That is what they have been for the past 10 years, minus the, you know, LeBron, you know, you know, winning them in the bubble, you know, the, the I mean, championship. Uh, and even then, you know, I'm not sure they win that, you know, again, I'm not taking anything away from LeBron. You know, he was the best player in that, in the bubble, like for the Lakers. But if you don't have Anthony Davis, I don't think LeBron can do it at all. Well, so. no, that's, I mean, that's a given. And that's not and, an issue on LeBron. It, but that's just it, saying that LeBron needs a teammate in a game that requires a team. Well, no, <laughs> here's what I'm saying. Anthony Davis was hurt before the bubble. And so you don't know if Anthony Davis, like, is available for for the playoffs if there's no COVID. So you're not even guaranteeing, you're, you know, you're counting yourself a ring. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, I guess that's that's the big thing is Anthony Davis has been so injury prone. And lately, you know, LeBron, as LeBron's career is winding down, he's been a little more injury prone as well. Um, Like the last year, they were up 2-1 on the Suns. Anthony Davis gets hurt and the Suns go on, they go to the finals. Um, The... The having the four month break there in the bubble for them to both get fully healthy and fully rested to be able to go on the run was a huge benefit to them. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, they traded their entire future away for Anthony Davis. Yeah. <laughs> and look how that team is doing right now. They didn't have Zion and they played very well. Yes. Well, and the and. Um, Lonzo went to Chicago and Josh Hart, I think went to Portland. They traded Josh Hart for a CJ McCollum. Mm-hmm. So they've been able to turn those pieces into other things, but the it's a, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and that's kind of like, you know, I think, I don't know if you've seen this one, this was a while ago, but they, you know, complaining about, um, you know, maybe complain about the, we traded away our future to get Anthony Davis or whatever, or, um, you know, this team, we did extra, extra things or, you know, something it's like, well, this is also, you chose to get into business with LeBron James and you know what happens with LeBron teams are built around him and then they're bad, you know, Mm -hmm. when he leaves. And that's just kind of how it is. And so it's like Nick said, if I offered you a date and I said, she is great. You will have some of the best times of your life with her. Like so much fun. She's so funny. Just amazing. Now she's very expensive. You're going to go, you know, you're going to go to all the best restaurants. She's going to order the most expensive thing. And she's going to break up with you in five years. And then you'd, and with all that information, you'd say yes or no. Lakers said yes. And now it's getting a little expensive. And they're like, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't know about all this. 
It's like, yeah, I'm business with LeBron James. This is part of doing business with LeBron is you trade away your future for when now you get, you pay the luxury tax to get vet players because you're winning now and you're not going to be setting up for the future and you're good. And you're going to be bad after, after a few years after he's gone, but you're winning now. And that's the price of doing business with LeBron. I mean, that's part of the reason why I think LeBron needs to go back to Miami. I feel like Miami's kind of the culture of winning now. Like, yeah, they were bad for a little bit when LeBron left, but the way they got better wasn't necessarily through the draft. They brought in players to get them back where they are, you know, most notably Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I mean, the... I don't think he could go back to Miami right now because they they brought in Kyle Lowry. I think their their salary cap is pretty full. Depend it would depend on what they could do with the team to build around the salary cap. But um, but yeah, I mean the the thing for LeBron would be to the, the you have to have a partnership that understands where and when now, and that means like this year they could have traded Russ and gotten. I think John Wall, but the team wanted a 2027 first. And they were like, no, we are not giving a 2027 first. It's like LeBron does not care about a 2027 first round pick, you know, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like it, which then when they're like, LeBron's running everything and everyone's blaming LeBron for, and it's like, well, I doubt LeBron's running everything because LeBron would not have cared if they asked for a 2027 first round pick, you know, like it's like, Oh, well, there's this eighth grader. We got our eyes on. (laughs) Is John wall still relevant in this league? Not especially, but Russ is such a disaster and he's got such a bad contract. You got to, that's the big goal of this offseason is find out what you can do with Russ. And his his contract's gotten a little better for this next year because while it's still horrendous, it's only one year now. And so you might be able to get a bunch of role guys from a team who's just looking to get off some contracts um, for the next year. Because um, Russ, I think it's like $47 million or something he gets paid this next year. Um, so if you can find a, find a team that's willing to part with some guys, you know, the money's got to match, but you get some role players, maybe some guys who aren't on great contracts, but you can get some role guys for us, for a team that's looking to get off those contracts and then they'll have Russ for a year or they'll buy him out. Um, that's what like Phoenix, like they're talking about Deandre and may walk. And it's like, well, what if you swapped Chris Paul and Russ, and then they bought out Russ, and then they could pay eight? And, um, and there's not, I mean, you know, the Lakers, your options are limited. There's not a lot of teams for the Suns, if you're the Suns, not a lot of teams that are going to want to pay Chris Paul, whatever, 35 million or whatever he's making over the next two years. Um, each year, send him to Indiana. Who, Chris? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't think that one's gonna happen. 
It's not going to happen, but I'd love it. <laughs> um, but the, you know, that's that's essentially where they are with Russ is trying to find a team that wants to get off an expiring contract. Um, but yeah, it's it's just that's what I'm always surprised. Teams are like, well, what about our future? It's like, well, you're winning right now. Windows don't stay open very long. Like, I, I'm a, I'm a big, big proponent of the go all in while you have this window because you don't ever know when it's like, like you could be Philadelphia and just be planning for this window that never comes or the Celtics, you know, with Danny Ainge, like he compiled all these draft picks, but he never got a good player, you know? And it's like, well, your windows now, the Celtics could have had a couple windows at this point. <laughs> like, it's like, um, as opposed to planning for a window that may never come, if you're in a window now, take full advantage of it and don't worry about whether that, whether you can keep the window open in four years. It's like the Raptors, like the Raptors won that title. They traded for Kawhi, um, who was essentially a one-year rental, but they won the title. No one cares that their window closed immediately after that, you know, (laughs) they won the title. I mean, that is true. I mean, I think that was the kind of like the expectation going into that year that he didn't want to be there, but you know, he still got him the title. And so it's like, there's no attachment, long-term attachment. No. Yeah. I know the expectation was a one-year rental, but it was like, we think there's a little window here and they took the window. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they traded away DeMar DeRozan and, draft picks and and they haven't been very good the last couple of years but they got the title in 2019 no one really cares that they haven't been good because they have the they have that championship yeah um let's see Jokic won the MVP which is disgusting Monty Williams won the coach of the year who do you um, think should have won MVP I probably would have voted Embiid and and then I probably would have voted Giannis before I voted Jokic. And the reason being Embiid, like, let me give you this. Embiid was all first team, all defensive. Um, and he led the league in scoring. And so I'm like, that sounds like you're the best offensive and the best defensive player, you know, or top five in each, at least, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, and his team, the Sixers were what, the three seed? Yeah. Like, all and Ben Simmons of, didn't play half the year. Yeah. Well, and the Ben Simmons situation. Like, he managed all of that. Like, I would say that's enough for him to be MVP. Giannis, I would have given my second vote because he had a great, great year offensive and defensively. And um, and his team was the three seed, or I'm sorry, Sixers would have been four seed, 
Right. It was Heat one, Boston two, Milwaukee three. three. Sixers. No, four. Milwaukee. Well, yeah, Sixers four. Four would play one, three would play two. So Bucks were yeah. three. Um, but I mean that that race for the one seed was not decided till like the last week of basketball. Yeah. Um, and then. Like, I get Jokic had a good year, but his team was the sixth seed in the West. Um, He didn't have a great defensive year because he's not a great defensive player. And the West was plagued with injuries. And the West was plagued with injuries. Like, here's the thing. He won the MVP last year, and I didn't have much of a problem with it. You know, like, it was like, yeah, it probably wouldn't be my MVP, but it was also a weird year where, like, Embiid was an MVP, but he got hurt. LeBron was going for MVP, but he got hurt. Um, Chris Paul was going for MVP, but he got hurt. Like, all the other MVP guys got hurt. This year, the MVP guys didn't get hurt. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, like last year you could respect Jokic because he took the Denver team whose players were hurt to the postseason. Yeah. This year it it was the same song, same dance. Yeah, and I know like they've got some of these like they've got some advanced numbers that suggest that Jokic is the greatest player to ever play basketball, or he's having the best season ever by a player in history. Oh, but, get the analytics bullcrap out of here! I know that's what I'm saying. Like the like the it's completely based on those numbers and not actual like oh this guy is the sixth seed and is expected to lose in a sweep in the first round. Like <laughs> yeah, like. I mean, it's just, I don't know. And and especially the thing with it this year is it's back-to-back because he won last year. And like yeah. I said earlier in the show, like there's a short list of guys who are back-to-back MVPs. He's easily the worst player of that list. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're throwing out, when you're throwing out an MVP, you got to take into consideration this guy just won MVP last year. He'd be a back-to-back. Does he deserve it? No, he didn't. He got yeah. he got his MVP the same way he got it last year, sitting on his couch. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I would absolutely agree with you on that. Uh, you know, he's a he's a really good player. But here's the thing: it's like if you're basing it all on a calculator, like then Jimmy Butler's never going to win an MVP. No, yeah. Because what because Jimmy Butler, what makes him such a good player is not based on what he does on the court. Like what he does on the court is amazing. But you can't measure that with a statistic. Yeah. His competitiveness, his ability to get the crowd into a game, and his ability to be clutch and like one of the best closers in the game. Yeah. And well, the other thing is is when it comes to someone like Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler's almost a one of one because we've seen it with Harden. Mm-hmm. Harden has historic regular season numbers, and then he shrinks in the playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. Chris Paul always has great regular seasons, kind of shrinks in the playoffs. Um. So we've seen it with guys like that. There's, 
I can't think of another star player. Like Jimmy Butler has good regular seasons and he has amazing playoffs. Like his game goes up in the playoffs. And I guess I can name guys who game goes up in the playoffs, but not to the point of like, he seems like a pretty average, you know, he's a top 25 player in the regular season. Like Jimmy Butler goes from a top 25 regular season guy to a top 10, top five playoff guy. Mm-hmm. Like I would say LeBron gets better in the playoffs, but he's also very good in the regular season. Yeah. Like Jimmy Butler's walking around here averaging 20 points a game in the regular season. He comes in the playoffs, he's getting 40. <laughs> and that's the other thing with the MVP is like it's a regular season award. Playoffs don't matter. And that's never made sense to me. I think the playoffs should absolutely matter when it comes to voting for an MVP. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a most valuable regular season player. Yeah. Most valuable player for that season. Yes. Um, and especially when you watch, you know, the Heat Sixers, when you watch the series with and without Embiid, like that's all the case I need for what I needed to, why I wanted to vote him MVP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and let's see. The Pacers got guaranteed a top 10 pick. It's their first one since 89, which I couldn't believe. That was a freaking bullcrap lottery. I'll say that right now. They did draw number six. They were projected to slot at five. But no, no one wants to see the Pacers do well. So it's like, can't can't give them a good lottery pick. No, sir. Yeah. Magic got number one. Thunder Rockets, Kings. That's what you know. I I don't. Lottery itself is kind of sketchy. Sketchy to me, because I don't understand why you don't just do it. You know, like the NFL, you take the records and you. I guess it's their way of like encouraging like not tanking or something. Because like you can be the worst team and still not get the number one pick. But. I don't know. They still tank. Yeah. It didn't work. I'll tell you who won is the Pelicans who get the number eight pick from the Lakers in that trade, that Anthony Davis trade you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The, assumption, the part of the assumption is when you trade that, you're thinking, I got LeBron and Anthony Davis. Those picks aren't going to be any good. But this year it would have been the number eight pick. And it goes to New Orleans. Also, the Cavs won because uh, they got a first round pick. Sons of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Cavs get to keep their first round pick because they missed the playoffs. Um, I think that's it for NBA, and I think we that's going to be all the time we have. Yeah, I'm tired. I'm losing focus. <laughs> but we will be back, um, hopefully sooner. Um. And we'll get all caught up on NFL and 
uh, whatever more happens. Right now, I'm, I'm just going to say in a 19-point game, I'm going to say that the series is 2-2 when we left here mm-hmm. between the Heat and the Celtics. <laughs> and Old Depot having himself a night. Okay. He's the only player that's got 20 points for the Heat. Yeah. And I'm chewing on sunflower seeds. That's why that got muffled. In fact, it's not even close. The next closest is 12 with Martin. The bench is outperforming the starters. That's how bad the Heat have been. (laughs) But so that'll do it. Check out the link in the show notes, all the social media and all that. You can check us out. Um, you share it with your friends and whatnot. And we will be back hopefully soon here on Run Up the Score.